passage is from the prophet Isaiah, the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament. It's the 66th chapter, and Isaiah's words are a perfect metaphor for this day, which is, of course, Mother's Day, but it's another day that I'll share just a moment in the sermon in the context of the Christian liturgical year. These words, however, are about 2,500 years old. So I want you to keep in mind that as ancient as they are, how powerful they still remain. For thus says the Lord, I will extend prosperity to my people like a river and the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. And you shall nurse and be carried on her arm and dandled on her knees. For as a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. You shall be comforted in Jerusalem. You shall see, and your heart shall rejoice. This ends the reading from the prophet Isaiah. Will you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be offered humbly and faithfully. Amen. Today is Mother's Day, we know that. It is then appropriate that we recognize the role of mothers in our lives, lifted up in Kristen's beautiful reflection in the sermon. But I also want you to know that today is in the Christian liturgical calendar, also called the Festival of the Christian Home. And I've always liked that, the sort of confluence, the convergence of Mother's Day and the Christian Home. But I also want you to know that in our culture today, there is a lot of argument between people about what the real family or home looks like. And I am sensitive to the idea that households and families take many forms and many shapes. And we welcome all those who wish to be a family, however they describe that. But you also have to remember the family can be a kind of funny institution. We make a whole lot of being related to so-and-so, of sharing common ancestors, discovering a second cousin on Ancestry.com, even the common DNA that we share. And then we speak of the fierce loyalties that families engender, and we use phrases like, well, you know, blood is thicker than water. So as parents or as children, as brothers or sisters, we have bonds with other people that go beyond words. But families are complicated. And so as my friend once said about his family after asked, well, I know you said you didn't get along all that week, but do you usually get along? He said, usually, he said, but know this, we love each other. We really love each other. However, we are really glad to be able to go to our separate homes in separate states. On Mother's Day and the festival of the Christian home, I think it's worth remembering that in a culture in which having choices is almost viewed as a God-given right, it's interesting that we have such strong ties to people we did not choose. We did not choose who our mothers would be. We do not choose our families. And so I want to suggest to you that families, when healthy, None are perfect, but when families are healthy, they can reveal to us a glimpse of God's perfect love. 
Anna Quinlan, former New York Times opinion writer, about 15 years ago wrote, in the home in which I grew up, and in many homes I've observed since, she said, dads oftentimes build relationships while moms create an atmosphere. Now, whether you agree with her generalization or not, it's an interesting observation. She goes on to add that one of the gifts her mother gave her was that her mother was, by most objective standards, a good mom. Not a perfect one, she said, but a good one. And so in honor of her mom, who died when Quinlan was rather young, she said she tries to wake up each morning and be like her mom for the sake of her children. Well, that was written about 15 years ago and then put it in reverse about 2,500. And it's telling that in scripture and for the roughly 2,500 years of the Judeo-Christian tradition, that the best description people of faith have for God is to imagine that God is like a loving parent. Isaiah says, God will comfort us like a mother comforts her child. Now I do understand, I do, that for some people, and there are myriad personal reasons, but for some people, the image of God as a loving parent doesn't work for them. But for many people, and for 2,500 years of our faith traditions, our attempt to explain the inexplicable, to describe the, well, the indescribable God is to say that God is like the unconditional love and the forgiveness of a parent. And for those who are lucky enough to have experienced that along the way, to have experienced a moment of unconditional love, according to scripture, you have glimpsed in that imperfect love what God's perfect love is like. And there may be nothing more important in life than to realize through all the bumps and bruises that life's journey brings that in the end, yes, of course, we are loved by God and that is important, but we are also loved by imperfect people who love us despite our imperfections. <clears throat> My friend wondered why her mother loved the broken vase that was set in a prominent place among her collection of great vases. They were, many were expensive. But she always wondered why that one was always called precious and was put in the most visible spot because it clearly had been broken, pieced back together, glued back together, and pretty clumsily because the glue had seeped out from the cracks and you could still see it. She finally asked her mom, why do you call that precious? Why is that your favorite vase. And her mother said, well, when you were a little girl, I had it in my arms, and you surprised me. I didn't know where you, you were coming around the corner, and you jumped into my arms and hugged me, and I dropped it. So I put it back together and glued it and knew that it was the most precious piece I owned. And of course, her mother told her that it was precious because it had been broken in a moment of love. And so my friend learned from her mother that true beauty does not and is not found in flawless vases. True beauty isn't found in perfect mothers either. But we do find beauty in being loved by imperfect people 
despite our cracks and our imperfections. For 2,500 years, that has been a vision of how God loves us, how God calls us precious despite our cracks and imperfections. But loving each other and being loved by God goes hand in hand. It was just two or three weeks ago that we were gathered in this sanctuary for Monday, Thursday, a wonderful and beautiful and poignant service that if you've never been to, you should make a part of your Holy Week. Because of Monday, Thursday, we tell an astonishing story of Jesus last night with his disciples. And that very last night that he's with them, he be bequests to them an astonishing heirloom. Jesus, in a sense, distills the Christian faith down to a single teaching. For at that night, we remember that Jesus said to his disciples, I give you this new law, this new teaching, this new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. Love one another as I have loved you. Love each other as God loves you. I think it's worth remembering that teaching on a day when our culture celebrates and remembers our mothers and loving parents. Because for many people here, and again, not all, but for many, moms have been human glimpses, imperfect ones, oh yes, but still glimpses of Jesus' commandment to love each other as she loves you. For me, it was just a bit over two years ago that my mother died, and, and frankly, the last 18 months of her life were difficult. Today, she wasn't living in a way that she wished to live and would have been aghast if she had really been conscious fully of it. And my mom was different those last 18 months. She was angry. She was difficult. She was hard. She was someone we really didn't recognize. But I will tell you, it's only now, two years later, I'm beginning to recollect, or really recollect, and own again Isaiah's words. And so I thought that Anna Quinlan, I remembered Anna Quinlan, who wakes up each morning remembering her late mother's love and passing it along. I was really grateful to read that again this week as I thought of my own mother. And then there's my mom. There's Isaiah's words. And there's New York Times writer Anna Quinlan. And what the three of them reminded me this week is that apparently some things never change. Anna Quinlan wrote what she wrote about 15 years ago. Isaiah inked his words 2,500 years ago, and my mom died just over two years ago. But there is a thread that stitches their stories together. And that is that we follow a God who in times of pain or disappointment will comfort us as a mother comforts her child. 2,500 years old? And yet in 2019, they still bring an, to mind an image of God that is maybe just right for Mother's Day. An image that two years later, I'm able to own again. 
Isaiah's words witness to what might be the one Christian family value that will sustain us. A value that transcends the generations, it transcends any arguments about a family should look like this or a family should look like this. And it is simply this, that God loves us despite our faults, despite our imperfections, despite the cracks in our vases. And thus, let us be grateful on Mother's Day, of course, for our moms, but not only for our mothers. Let us also be grateful for the fact that some things never change, that God will comfort you when you hurt, where you hurt, as a mother comforts her child. And I can't tell you how grateful I am to understand those words again.